What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today to talk to my guest because we're going to be learning so much from him because he is so experienced. And so we're going to have a great conversation today. So please join me in welcoming Kamar Zayman to our program today. Welcome, Kamar. How are you? Thanks, Deb, for having me. Perfect. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. So with over 19 years of experience in online marketing, web development, and SEO, Kamar Zaman is the founder and CEO of KISS PR, a press release distribution platform, and other things that helps local businesses reach global audiences. He is also a Forbes Agency Council member, a Microsoft Certified Internet Engineer, and a Google Analytics and AdWords Certified Professional. As a digital transformation specialist and a storytelling expert, Kamar leads a team of storytellers who create and distribute engaging content and news for various niches, including legal, business, health sciences, and technology. He has established partnerships with major global outlets, including AP News, Yahoo Finance, Bloomberg, and Business Insider, and he helps amplify and grow small brands. Kamar's mission is to empower entrepreneurs and innovators with the tools and resources they need to succeed in the digital area. So again, Kamar, welcome. Thank you, Deb, for having me. And it was a mouthful. Um, There are a lot of things you reminded me that I don't even remember anymore because I have not, I don't look at my resume Right, we don't, no, and and that's one of the things we should, job. yeah, we should review probably once a year, right? Um, right? And I have to admit, I am jealous. For those of you who are just listening, Kamar's background is this gorgeous beach in the Cayman Islands, and that's actually it is a photo, but that is the beach that he runs on every day, and so I am just so jealous. But it goes to show that we really can work and be very successful anywhere in the world. So, Kamar, I always like hearing about how our guests got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, I grew up in um, uh, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, while I was um, a high school student, my dad... Uh, was in international banking. Pakistan mm-hmm. was a country that was evolving at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had just been uh, free from the British Empire, so mm-hmm. the country was developing. Uh, my dad was an early adapter to the banking mm-hmm. industry. 
So he was doing very well. Uh, and then uh, because of that, uh, we went to Hong Kong. Ah. And Hong Kong is where I went to school, mm-hmm. uh, among other places. But that's when I was actually growing up and uh, that I can remember. And then my dad decided that he says, where do you want to go to the college? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, prior to Hong Kong, I was living in UK. I was okay. in a boarding school because we lived in London. So we mm-hmm. traveled. Mm-hmm. So now it was about time that, you know, you have to decide going from high school to college. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to Michigan State. And uh, so my dad said, go apply for the colleges. Mm-hmm. It was a American council. So I went there with him. I applied for four universities, mm-hmm. got accepted by two of them while I was waiting for the others. Mm-hmm. I'll take was one of them. Michigan State was the other one. Mm-hmm. I accepted Michigan State, or oh, I didn't. He did uh, <laughs> because his choice was. He didn't tell me, and I didn't know much about it. He told me that the reason I want you to go to Michigan State because I have some friends there. Ah, okay. So then I went there, and um, my journey to the U.S. started. Mm-hmm. And the year that I landed, it was December, and Michigan. Oh, in, in Michigan, ooh, <laughs> was blizzards, right? And I knew I was in the wrong place, but I was stuck. My dad mm-hmm. played a card on me because he wanted me to stay there and not have fun. So ah, <laughs> he I was a wise man. <laughs> he was a wise man. So we, um, I started, and after a year or so, when I got my first freshman completed, mm-hmm. uh, my dad was in the process of starting a banking operation, offshore banking operation. Mm-hmm. In the Cayman Islands, and okay. he knew somebody there. So he said, This summer you go to Cayman for two weeks. So mm-hmm. I think it was around, um, I think May, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I visited the Cayman Islands. I was 17, mm-hmm. and I visited at the, uh, to the islands, and I fell in love with it. Even though I didn't know how to swim, I loved the ocean. And it was you not know? Michigan. <laughs> it was not Michigan. It was kind of where I am today. Mm-hmm. Ideally, so it kind of stayed back with me, and I, you know, I graduated college, went back work with my dad in the software development industry, mm-hmm. etc. And I did uh, the banking operations, built software for the banks because mm-hmm. he he was in banking. He ultimately retired. He wanted me to work for his bank, and I didn't want to work with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I came back to the islands, and I got a job. When I was 21, mm-hmm. I got a job as a banking software specialist. Oh. And the reason I got that job, because in the Cayman Islands, there's a law that when you have to hire somebody, you have to advertise in the local paper. Okay. The paper's called Caymanian Compass. Mm-hmm. And if somebody applies, and they have to be local. You have to give the job to them. If nobody oh. does, then you can give it to anyone else. Okay. Now, the skill that they were looking for the company, no local would qualify. Mm. Okay. At that point. So mm-hmm. I had the skill. I had a mm-hmm. degree. I had all the background. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I got the job. They mm-hmm. sent me to Guernsey in the Channel Islands to train. Mm-hmm. And that is when I'm talking about back in the days, 1987, I got my $60,000 year job wow in the Cayman Islands this is when you know uh, so I didn't know what to do with the money mm-hmm. you know I was 
like young and obviously stupid. So <laughs> it's kind of like, but I kept on, you know, I enjoyed the island, mm-hmm. the place here. And then I left uh, after a few years because I wanted to go and do my master's. So the island stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And I kept on coming back. Fast forward, I finally came, worked in the islands for mm-hmm. seven, eight years, got myself really established. The kids and wife wanted to go to the U.S. Everybody says, you know, uh, colleges, etc. Mm-hmm. So we moved back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, while I was in Texas doing my business, uh, and it was, I, I had a job with a major uh, company. Mm-hmm. Was doing good wife was doing her cpa kids were going to school mm-hmm. but internally kamar was not happy mm-hmm. you know i was like this is not me mm-hmm. you know I, i'm too god didn't create me for this you know right. so right. i kind of kept on pursuing and mm-hmm. one time i came back to the island and i said you know what i want to quit my wife had just got a job and i said listen now you have a job mm-hmm. you know she got a really good job and uh, i I said, I'm going to go back and start what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I came on the island. There's this, and this is where my journey starts. And there are a lot of, a lot of tragedies here. So I come on the island. There's a place called Cafe del Sol. Mm-hmm. Cafe del Sol is a coffee shop on the island, close to the ocean, not overlooking, but close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Make friends with these people. And I sit every day with my laptop. And I'm working and I'm trying to soft build software to mm-hmm. do what I want to do before I can really find out what my cause is, what mm-hmm. I really want to do. Mm-hmm. People would come to me and says, you know, older men, younger men, they'll say, well, what are you doing? I says, I'm building a wireframe for the website. He says, mm-hmm. oh, tell us. So I'll write it on the piece of napkin how it needs to work because mm-hmm. of how I am. I'm very linear. Right. And that's when I started to build websites, et cetera. Uh-huh. So in a one month, without marketing on a coffee table that would guide people and i was banking about 30 to 40000 dollars worth of business wow in when i am around 27 28 years mm-hmm. this is like phenomenal for me. i was going to say in grand cayman that's an, an awful lot of money yes and no taxes mm-hmm. so life was going great then comes the tragedy September 12, 2004, there was a major hurricane. My mm-hmm. wife told me to get off the island. I said, no, I've never left for hurricane. I'm not leaving the mm-hmm. island. This is kind of like my place. So I never left. And at that island, uh, during that time, hurricane devastated it, mm-hmm. like the Katrina. I had to leave. I was not an essential worker. I wasn't mm-hmm. a work permit. I was not a local. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave. And I had to go back to Texas. And that's where now I'm split. I have lost my business. My mm-hmm. clients are gone. Money I had was gone because mm-hmm. I bought an expensive car that drowned in the ocean. So mm-hmm. what do I do? So I rented a $2,000 office. I borrowed the money from my dad. Mm-hmm. He said, I can give you more. But I said, no, I just give me $2,000. Mm-hmm. I just hide for one month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I borrowed that. And I would sit at Starbucks. And at the back of my MacBook, it says storyteller. And I would just write content while I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And people will come and talk to me and they will listen to my stories of struggle. Mm-hmm. And I would publish those stories. And I started a press release distribution company. Ah. It, intuitively, mm-hmm. you know, it was serendipity that happened that I would write my own stories of struggle. People found it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where his PR was born. Mm -hmm. And in, in a website that I had built, in the pricing page, I'm not a marketer by birth or by education mm -hmm. because I'm a scientist by that. Mm -hmm. So God taught me marketing and they were on the pricing page. There were three columns. Mm -hmm. The price was $10, $20 and $2,000. Ah. So I guess, uh, you know, I didn't know marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So $10 people think is cheap. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it is say cheap. Mm -hmm. The middle was KISS. And the right was some audacious name. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everybody was buying Kiss PR. Right. Because it was $20. It was affordable for people. Mm -hmm. And they started to buy that from me. And hence, I named the company. I went and bought the domain name, which was already taken. I paid $3,000 for the domain name. Mm -hmm. I paid for it. And then I got it. That's when Kiss PR was really mm -hmm. born. Mm -hmm. In and Starbucks. In Starbucks. Okay. On in uh, Addison, Texas. Mm -hmm. So I now this was great. You know, I could make two hundred dollars a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was making paying my bills. Mm -hmm. Hired my two kids. Mm -hmm. I went to Office Depot. Mm -hmm. I I bought these uh, you know books where you they write the chores and they get mm -hmm. paid for it. I said, okay, here's these things for you. Write your chores. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever you do, I'll pay you. But the chores will not do this for me. It says, write the stories for me. So my son was a great writer. Mm -hmm. He's an attorney now. And my daughter, she's a speech pathologist. Mm -hmm. And they started to write the stories. And I would read them and fix them. They would actually fix my grammar because my grammar <laughs> wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. So they fix it. And we start publishing and that's where our small news distribution mm -hmm. company was born. So mm -hmm. from adversity, I started to do this. Mm -hmm. I so that's how it. we started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's so much in there that is is so important. Uh, you know, so, so tell us again, what does KISS PR stand for? KISS PR stands for Keep It Super Simple. Mm -hmm. Now, and PR stands for profound results. Now, mm -hmm. why did I come up with KISS? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of noise in marketing. Okay, mm -hmm. People don't understand marketing smells like marketing. So I thought your story needs to be simple. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the second part of the S was super simple or mm -hmm. super simple for the search engines. So, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like that. So search engines like Content that is written for people, mm -hmm. not for the search engines. Right. Google will never buy anything from us. Mm -hmm. Right. This podcast that you're going to publish mm -hmm. is going to be heard by people, not by Googlebot. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand that technology very well. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if you do things simple, mm -hmm. they resonate. So hence, Kiss PR's name was created mm -hmm. and uh, it, it became a moonshot. You know, and, and I love that because it is so true. People try and overly complicate anything. Um, you know, it, it, you know, I go to, to websites and, uh, you know, by the time I have to click three or four times to even try to find something, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm done. Um, you know, and, or, you know, I was making a phone call earlier today and I got caught in, a, in the loop, right? <laughs> you know, press here to go here, press here to go here. And then I was back at the start. 
three or four times of that and I was done. Um, you know, and and we forget that we do like simple. And and it doesn't mean that it's not good or cheap, you know, all of those various things. We just like simple because then we can go on to the next thing. Uh, you know, when I have to stop and I like to tell stuff you out, why mm-hmm. you like simple, I like simple. Mm-hmm. But most of the web designers, and this this goes back to web designers and mm-hmm. design studios and agencies, mm-hmm. while they like simple, they complicate things to retain their job. I, right. I they am, make it, yeah, most, they make it flashy and yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I am probably the most hated person when I say that mm-hmm. because when I hear a web designer selling something, mm-hmm. he'll say you need 10 pages mm-hmm. and you need 100 blogs and your website right. is going to be. Thousand and I say, and this is the biggest pain a small business mm-hmm. goes through. Mm-hmm. Why do I need ten pages? But mm-hmm. I only have four pages of content. Mm-hmm. No, because Google needs ten pages. Why? Why? So mm-hmm. people don't understand. As a result, they defer to an expert, hence mm-hmm. the web designer and SEO guy. Mm-hmm. So they just listen to it. But you are mm-hmm. right. Simplicity is give it to me. Okay, mm-hmm. why are you making me jump from page one to page two? Like you said, mm-hmm. you're looping it. You know, mm-hmm. why? Why don't you just give it to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, simplicity is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I, I looked at your website, which is kisspr.com, and it is, it's very elegant and it is also very simple. I mean, it's very easy to navigate. Um, there's nothing that leaps out at me. You know, I always get really annoyed when there's like 900 pop-ups <laughs> you know? because yeah. I'm like, no, I mean, one or two is okay. But yeah. you know, when, when I'm trying to, to do something and even worse, when I can't figure out how to close the pop-up yeah. <laughs> right? behind that. So they want, they, they, they cl- put the close button mm-hmm. as a uh, color that you don't see very mm-hmm. easily with the eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're just saying, well, well where do I go? You right, know, so right. Kind of- well, and and where do I go is somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I don't want to give you my email address. I don't want to sign up for your 1000 tips to, you know, do whatever. I just wanted to know this simple, simple question that I had, um, you know, and, 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 and uh, chatbots also do the, the same thing. I'm, I'm not a big fan of chatbots. Now, I, you know, I know they've got their purpose. It does, you know, there are ways to get some questions answered and sometimes it gets you routed to the right place and all of those. But a lot of times you get caught in the chatbot loop also. And then again, yeah. I go on to the next thing, um, you know, because it was not simple. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and and I love that it's that you're you're doing simple to get profound results. Yeah. And and that's the key is it really, you know, it it simple can get you those profound results as opposed to complicated getting eh. <laughs> exactly. And this is where the story really changed, right? Mm-hmm. So like I said, I started a web design business mm-hmm. in Texas. I was doing that. I was doing storytelling. Mm-hmm. Bills were getting paid. And then I realized that they, there has to be something that I need to do mm-hmm. to bring in more money because websites have one problem. Mm-hmm. Small business owners that are listening, that are in web business, mm-hmm. they understand one problem. Once you do one website, you can only do four or five in a month because they take a Right. Mm-hmm. So after that, the website doesn't make you money. So next mm-hmm. month you have to find another four clients. Mm-hmm. So so I needed to have recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, mm -hmm. so I started to doing search engine optimization okay. because the clients pay you money for that. Mm -hmm. Now, as part of the search engine optimization, one thing that I did was send out press releases mm -hmm. because press releases were very good in those days for SEO. Mm -hmm. So if you send out a press release, people, your website would rank faster mm -hmm. on the Google search. So that mm -hmm. was the algorithms. Mm -hmm. law but that was good to the people mm -hmm. we did that uh, we went to top companies we bought press releases mm -hmm. but that's where the whole problem happened so i had like 10 12 clients like mm -hmm. anybody else maybe 20 clients and then i would go to a big wire service i won't mention their name but mm -hmm. i would go to a big wire service and i say i want to send out press releases for my clients yeah great they would give me a wholesale rate mm -hmm. maybe 20 percent discount from mm -hmm. the normal I would pay for it and I will send a press release. Mm -hmm. The moment the press release is out, their salespeople would contact my clients, says, why are you doing this? We will give you a 50% discount. Yeah, we're going to route around you. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was client poaching mm -hmm. happening. Now, mm -hmm. some clients did not leave me, mm -hmm. but people that were price cautious, mm -hmm. they didn't see the value, they left me. Right. So uh, this was what we call keeps me up at night moment. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to solve that problem. So mm -hmm. that was one of the problems. So what I did was I started to reverse engineer how to make a press release company. Okay. Because I started with the website that was mm -hmm. doing one piece of content. Mm -hmm. The press release companies are sent out thousand releases mm -hmm. to buyers. Once you do a press release, it goes to 5,000 sites. Mm -hmm. So how do I do that? So I started to reverse engineer how that works. Mm -hmm. With the scientific background, and I'm a, once I listened to Tony Robbins, and he says that go from should to must. So I am the kind of mindset, mm -hmm. I don't settle for anything. So mm -hmm. I go from must. So I built that relationship with the wire services. Mm -hmm. Hence, I start to democratize press releases okay so people don't cut me off mm -hmm. and small businesses can take advantage mm -hmm. of my services for half the price mm -hmm. now if people look at my website a typical business charges a big press release company charges anywhere between 300 to 1500 dollars mm -hmm. we charge 30 dollars mm -hmm. and that that's our business model Mm -hmm. We have $30 to $100 press releases, mm -hmm. and we are doing very good mm -hmm. because we believe that you can make money, but the money has to be made ethically, mm -hmm. not on the premise of cheating people. So we mm -hmm. take, take care of the clients. We offer a great service, and as a result, it does very well for us. Right. So we are really democratizing it. Mm -hmm. Well, and and then, of course, the key is then those customers keep using your service, you know, because right. you were inexpensive, but good and you got results. Um, you know, and, and I remember years ago when I first started doing public relations on my own, um, one of the things I discovered was a lot of people did think we can do it ourselves. That's pretty easy, right? Yeah, we, we can do that. And I talked to one client who came back to me because they, they had tried to do it themselves. And, you know, and, and I said, well, so what was, you know, just out of curiosity, what was your process when you tried to do it yourself? 
And they very sheepishly said, well, the sales department, right? Because those are the people, you know, um, the sales department guy called his friend the sports reporter. They were not in sports. They were not, you know, and, and they could not understand why they didn't get any, you know, any coverage because there is a process. You know, it's, uh, you know, when I started doing public relations many years ago, we won't say how far back, but it was, it was before, it was when we actually still had to put them in envelopes and send pictures and mail yeah. them, right? Um, but you built relationships with the reporters and, and, but you have done the same thing with the wire services. So they know, okay, this is great content. It's a reputable company that you're talking about. Um, you know, yeah. you're, what you're giving them is, is good information. They don't have to worry that, you know, it's, it's not good. And, you know, and, and so, yeah, your clients are happy because you made it simple for them. Yeah. Uh, so that's the relationship part of the things. That's what started. <laughs> but what became a moonshot was, my partner called me one morning and he said that, are you able to travel with me? He was the sales mm -hmm. guy. I was the nerd. Mm -hmm. So he says, are you able to come with me to New York to mm -hmm. pitch a client mm -hmm. on uh, some marketing? Mm -hmm. This is like after 9-11, they were mm -hmm. looking for some marketing. So I said, maybe we need to go to New York. So we booked a flight. Uh, Renee flew from West Palm Beach to New York City. I flew from Dallas to New York City. We met, had coffee. Mm -hmm. And as I was taking, um, as I was leaving, um, this was like six o'clock in the morning. I had an hour. There was Wi-Fi. So I wrote a story on the same mm -hmm. system that I had built about um, compensation for the firefighters. Huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they had given me some data. So I mm -hmm. wrote the document and I published it. It was not, a published article like a mm -hmm. the, uh, lawyer would write, but it was mm -hmm. written from empathy. And right. so we published it mm -hmm. and then we went to our meeting. Mm -hmm. At one o'clock, when we landed at the client office, mm -hmm. they gave us the business without even us pitching. And my partner asked them, he said that you guys did something recently that this morning we got a call from the Firefighters Association and they found this article. Mm -hmm. And that was the article that I had written. So that article created mm -hmm. presence. So when somebody searched for it, mm -hmm. we, we were aesthetic. Like mm -hmm. we got a six-figure business that day. Right. And, and we were selling press releases for like $30. But mm -hmm. we didn't change that. Mm -hmm. This was another moment that we realized the moment of truth that we have discovery mm -hmm. so we started helping we did this for another lawyer another lawyer another lawyer mm -hmm. and that is what pays the bills mm -hmm. so you know we are now helping a lot of law firms get their content mm -hmm. found so right. you know the biggest challenge for a small business owner as your audience is somebody tells them write a blog Mm -hmm. They write a blog, they put it there. The blog doesn't do much mm -hmm. because blog is not discoverable. Mm -hmm. So we have created a machine we call the content amplification machine. Mm -hmm. So the blog, we pick up the blog, the blog turns into a press release through AI, mm -hmm. and then it amplifies it. So as a result, they are everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I love it. You and I may have to chat offline about this because this is this is very interesting and, and something so, that I would... So here's, here's something I want to tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago, I mm -hmm. met a podcaster. Mm -hmm. He connected with me. He was like you doing podcasts. Mm -hmm. He connected with me on LinkedIn. He said, I would like to interview on the podcast. I said, mm -hmm. why not? Well, I have a story. You have a platform. Mm -hmm. So we became friends. Adam and I became really good friends. Now he uses my service. And mm -hmm. what we did was we built a system where we take every story that you do. So mm -hmm. this one that you're doing, mm -hmm. you're going to publish it as a podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. Podcast would have a audio file or a mm -hmm. video file and it'll mm -hmm. have a transcript. We take that electronically and we amplify. So now mm -hmm. your podcast is in about a thousand wires mm -hmm. and that is bringing a lot of traffic mm -hmm. to your audience. Right. So every small business wins mm -hmm. and we right. have developed. Podcast. And again, it's simple. <laughs> you know, this, exactly. That's the thing. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, it is so interesting because I think, uh, you know, we talk about it being simple, but I think so many people assume it's difficult, but you have the process down. I mean, that's, that is, is a big part of it is, you know, you go from here to here and you mentioned AI and, you know, I'm, it, that of course is one of the, the hot topics in the world. Um, and, you know, I use AI, I don't use it an awful lot, but I use it to write my blog posts and for it's a, it's a, a totally different site that I do that pertains to um, dealing with cancer. And so I use it to write uh, the blog post there. I don't have to change much. I mean, I like what it writes, but I, you're, I post it and then crickets, <laughs> right? But yeah. how much are you, you know, because the, the discussion really is the, the use of AI. I think it, you know, I think it's a great tool. I, you know, for people, it's, it's not going away folks, you know, it, it's not going away, get used to that. But what are some of the, the things that you use AI for? So the first thing we uh, use AI, that, that is a great question, is we get almost a thousand stories a day mm -hmm. and we have editors to review that. Mm -hmm. And we are, it's very hard for our editors to review the facts of the right. content. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I created prompts for AI. So when okay. the story comes in, so mm -hmm. for example, your cancer story comes mm -hmm. in, I've given a prompt to my system mm -hmm to take my prompts, mm -hmm. parse your content in it, and tell me if this content is even making sense because okay. I'm not a cancer specialist. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we check is for, is it factual? Mm -hmm. So the AI checks it. The mm -hmm. second thing is, is, is it written well from a journalistic opinion? Mm -hmm. Or is it an op-ed or is it an opinion? If it's an opinion, we decline it. We say, you know, go and add some more supporting evidence. Right. Mm -hmm. So we use AI for fact-checking, mm -hmm. grammar, English, punctuations, mm -hmm. because we don't want to send out content. And then mm -hmm. we accept it or decline it. Mm -hmm. If we decline it, we send it back to the client and say, hey, fix this, Here's they why. fix it. Mm -hmm. Here's why. So the AI has made the editor's job before we would take about one hour to read mm -hmm. the story. Now the AI reads it for us and then it says these are the flaws. Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. it's a 2000 word story, mm -hmm. now we know where the, which paragraph is really a red flag. Okay. So mm -hmm. Okay. It also writes a disclaimer for us. Mm -hmm. So we will tell the AI, to, well, 
if you think this is a story that we can release, but it needs to cover ourselves, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so you will write a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. And then I have written on top of that my own algorithm that graded the story mm-hmm. from a scale of 1 to 10 or A to uh, D. Mm-hmm. So then my AI system will say, well, this is A. So if it's A, my content that the person, so let's say your story got an A, mm-hmm. you get back, let's say if you pay $30, mm-hmm. you get back $10 back for being a good writer. Oh. Without a review. But it took you, you less D, time. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's a D, we decline it twice, mm-hmm. and then we, you know we can't work with you. So mm-hmm. we don't take the money away from you, but at the same time we mm-hmm. decline you and we suspend your account for violating our terms. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways we do this. The second way to do the AI is this is personal me. Mm-hmm. Before I would write, I'm very good in conveying what I need to convey because mm-hmm. I background. I would not write about cancer, mm-hmm. but I would write. I'm a subject matter expert on mm-hmm. technology. So I write about it. Right. So the challenge was I would write it. Mm-hmm. Then I send it to my American editor and mm-hmm. she will edit it for mm-hmm. context. And she will completely change. And I said, no, 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 don't change this. I, what I'm saying is correct. Just fix the grammar. Mm-hmm. So now it took about three to four days mm-hmm. for it to come back. Mm-hmm. And that delayed my conversation. So right. now what I do is I write it. Mm-hmm. The way it is, I give it to Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Chat GPT fixes it for me, mm-hmm. and then I run it multiple times. And mm-hmm. I'll, I, I won't even accept Chat GPT, but I'll say, fix this, fix that, mm-hmm. rewrite this, you know. And that's so that has what took four days. Mm-hmm. It's now taking thirty minutes to come up with a right. content. Mm-hmm. So that's what I right. use AI for. Well, and and fewer people. I mean, that's that's the other thing, and and so. And and that's you know one of the things that people worry about. Well, to me, it's not that we're eliminating jobs; it's that we're freeing those people up to do something better. Yeah. Well, now my editor, who who had to do one thousand stories, mm-hmm. is free to do other things right. in the time that she could use mm-hmm. as a human mm-hmm. that AI cannot. So that right. because she's she knows the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So now she uses that ecosystem to do the things better and enjoy. Because imagine if you have to read 1,000 stories or write 1,000 stories, you burn out. Right. I lost a lot of oh, content yeah. writers. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. In mm-hmm. fact, I had a lady. She wrote so many articles. We were writing articles about mesothelioma, which is part of the uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's like she quit after 10 articles. She said, I've written so many articles that I feel that I'm going to get mesothelioma. She got oh. <laughs> So, she she got a little PTSD from it. Exactly. Because, you know, when you mm-hmm. write so much content mm-hmm. and you research, the other thing that AI does is give you the research. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And put it all together. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and it obviously does it so much faster. Um, you know, it's, it's really funny when I, you know, like I said, I use it to write my blog. I'm fascinated with watching it type. <laughs> you know, to me, that's just because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is just such a, a cool system. And again, it's freeing me up to do yeah. other things, you know, so I'm getting my thoughts, my content out there, but I'm not staring at the white screen or white piece of paper for hours upon hours or worse, not even doing it. Um, you know, and, and so that's, to me, that's, that's, you know, AI is, oh, is AI, definitely AI so beneficial. Spreadsheet analysis, it can be your account and it can right. draw pictures for you, the mm-hmm. dolly. 
So there, there's so much applications. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great uh, invention right. to the brain. Right. You know, and, and, and I understand, you know, some of why people are concerned, like when it creates tr- uh, uh, true lifelike people, especially if they, you know, say the actors. I yeah. mean, that was was a big thing um, not long ago. I mean, when it's doing that with actors, especially deceased actors, um, you know, that's maybe there needs to be some constraints on that. But yeah, otherwise, it's it's a great tool. But one of the things, and you've you've said this many times, and I really want to talk more about this, is that you are telling stories. And I think that is the thing that so many people forget is the important thing. And yes, it does keep it more simple. You know, we're getting rid of, say, the technical parts. Now, obviously, if it's something that needs technical, then it gets technical. But why is it so important to tell stories? Because as kids, we remember stories. We remember movies. I am a fan of uh, James Bond, mm-hmm. 007. I grew up in that era. And my favorite movie is the James Bond movie. And mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of other movies. Okay, mm-hmm. Because what I like, so stories are what make you remember. They mm-hmm. keep you on the edge, mm-hmm. you know, and they are my, my granddaughter. She watches mm-hmm. these cartoons as stories and she's learning so much that for a three-year-old it's Mm -hmm. kind of like wow how did that happen Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like we remember stories and stories have a message Mm -hmm. okay that we are trying to convey to people Mm -hmm. so that's why stories are and and we just remember them right well and it makes it relatable um you know as we're recording this the funeral service was held yesterday for Rosalind Carter, for our former first lady um, here in the United States. And and I watched it. And and one of the stories, now granted, it was just yesterday, but it's it struck me as something that really did make it relatable. Her grandson told the story about the fact that she was just like every other grandmother. Most of her recipes contained mayonnaise. <laughs> and and how many people hear that and go oh yeah <laughs> or you know grandma he said she still gave birthday cards with a twenty dollar bill in it now my my grandmother gave cards with a two dollar bill in it but it didn't matter the age you know but we all again we could relate to that and so all of a sudden she was not the former first lady married to the former president of the United States. She was just like everybody's grandma. And and yes. so then, you know, and, and I think that's really what so many people forget about stories is it, it takes us to the level where we go, well, yeah, that might not have happened to me, but it could, or I know somebody it did. I mean, you know, then then it puts it back into the, the realm of we can understand this now. Well, stories are both good and bad. They can take us to depression because whatever right. happened in, in the past, mm-hmm. subconsciously, we remember that. So. Mm-hmm. The job of a storyteller is to really be careful because stories mm-hmm. can also lie to you, you know, mm-hmm. be fictitious stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, storytelling, uh, we relate to it. Mm-hmm. And the good storyteller is the one that when I'm watching or reading, I've, I've become the hero in that. So mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time, even at this age, when I watch a James Bond movie, when I come out from the cinema, I feel I'm 007. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. my friends call me Q. And Q mm-hmm. is the guy that you know has a. He was the tech game. guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy. So I am the Q of uh, the story, mm-hmm. and I believe it so much that I've started living that life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am the tech guy. So because I lived in the story, mm-hmm. and I started to believe it. So mm-hmm. that's where. Yeah. Right. Well, and of course, when you're trying to sell a product or a service, 
that's what you want is you want people to put themselves into that position where they go, oh yeah, I really need to, if not buy it, at least investigate it more. Yeah, that story does that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and of course, the big thing about stories, and you mentioned it, you know, it needs to be true or, you know, we need to explain when it's not. Certainly, James Bond is, you know, fiction, Um, but it is about how and and this was very evident when you were talking about your path to where you are now. It is how we create our personal branding. And I think so many people don't understand that concept either. So what is personal branding and why should people even care about it? Personal branding for somebody who lives in the U.S. or otherwise is imagine like your credit score. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, if you have a 700 credit score, that means that when you go to the bank, they give you a car, they give right. you a house. Mm-hmm. If you have a 500 credit score, then nobody wants to touch with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you have a personal brand mm-hmm. that is you, that means that you're, you are trusted. Mm-hmm. People love you. They like they do want a business with mm-hmm. you. So those that are personal brands will be remembered and mm-hmm. then they start businesses. You know, Barack Obama was a mere senator, became the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Oprah mm-hmm. was no one, you know. Right. So it's kind of like these are examples of personal personal brands mm-hmm. are. And nobody can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. You can sell this broadcast, mm-hmm. but people will still remember you and you will always be remembered as mm-hmm. the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. And that personal brand will not take away. Right. Companies do, you know, mm-hmm. so. More and more people are investing. That's the class that I'm teaching here mm-hmm. to the kids. Uh, is that when the college student leaves college, mm-hmm. he's either the first thing he's going to do after high school is going to write his uh, essay to apply to college. Oh, he's actually right. write mm-hmm. a personal brand statement. Mm-hmm. Why hire me? Mm-hmm. And then they go to college. Mm-hmm. And he goes to. Uh, college graduates and mm-hmm. then he has this degree and he uses the degree as his reference point mm-hmm. to get him a job mm-hmm. you know he updates his linkedin we mm-hmm. look at everything you told me you looked at my linkedin mm-hmm. because you were if imagine my personal brand you were going to interview me and my linkedin was incomplete with the mm-hmm. picture of the cat or the dog obviously we wouldn't be discussing that right, I'd be right? Going, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah who is this guy you know why mm-hmm. is he hiding so personal brands are important and they need to be built with intention mm-hmm. because if you're not caring about your personal brand, then you're forgetting about it. Right. That means it, the old word that I remember mm-hmm. that most people have forgot is mm-hmm. that my word is my bond. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. if I tell you I'm going to do this for you, right. I'll do it. People don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't talk about the word. They'll keep on just telling you, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Like, are you going to do it or not? So personal brand is your commitment mm-hmm. to whatever you do. You know, you can mm-hmm. have a contract. You can't really win with a lot of contract. But if you have made a promise and, you know, you will deliver. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then people will come at you, mm-hmm. you know, for reputation. Right. So personal brands are really, really important. So what happens if you've damaged your personal brand? Now you have to repair it. Honestly, you have to first accept. You okay. The first thing I tell people in reputation that you must accept what you did was wrong. Okay. Okay. Because you damaged it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You did something. Don't keep denying it because now you're making the denial viral. It's mm-hmm. a fire, a wildfire. 
okay accept what you did because god will forgive you as well as people will forgive you mm-hmm. you know if if i say mom i made a mistake she's going to forgive you but mm-hmm. if you say no i just start to do this you know she may still forgive you but she will not leave you alone she'll remember so, mm-hmm. she will remember so accept it and then start to do things you know like mm-hmm. people that are juvenile go to the juvenile courts mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. you know they have to go and do 30 hours of this mm-hmm. and 30 hours of that so accept it and then uh, do a remedy for that so mm-hmm. you can fix it as long as you can fix it mm-hmm. you know? right you know and and i think that's so true so many people you know i didn't do that no nope, not me you know and 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 sometimes maybe they didn't but you know i love the ones who are denying it when there's overwhelming evidence that they did um you know and 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 you're right you know if if you say you know what i'm sorry i screwed up then we're like okay <laughs> you know? well, even if you did not do it you need to have your side of the story right yeah somehow there's something in there very clear mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. let's stick with it mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, everything will prevail because there are three mm-hmm. sides to the story mm-hmm. yours mine and the real one so, right uh, right so. yeah and 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 it is so true that you have to take responsibility and so maybe it's that you know you you made bad choices that put you into that situation or you know and 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 I think the other thing that so many people try and do is they try to defer that you know it's, it wasn't me it was that person well yeah, maybe it was but yeah, yeah. closing the eyes is not good yeah, yeah. you know we we don't want to hear that you know and so yeah it's uh but but yeah it's it's so interesting well oh my gosh kamar this has been such a fascinating discussion and i love this and like i said i think you and i need to chat offline because there's several things that i want to want to talk with you about but you know we we've, we've only got um a couple of minutes left so tell us how do people find you and what are the services that you provide our services are simple we are brand storytellers mm-hmm. uh we can either tell your story or we can amplify your story so the the starting point is they go to story mm-hmm. story s t o r y dot like the dot kispr.com mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. our storytelling business okay uh, if they go to story.kispr.com it will say amplification of your story it's very simple mm-hmm. we have outlined everything we have bright points they can create mm-hmm. an account and they can just do it for very small money now mm-hmm. if they want us to do and help them mm-hmm. we we have access to support they they can also talk to me we have we provide that services so it's mm-hmm. kept it simple small businesses use us uh, mm-hmm. we get almost like a thousand stories from small businesses every single day wow and we distribute it and we we help them uh, and that is the biggest moonshot that i'm trying to achieve i want to mm-hmm. democratize and in 2019 20 when covid hit mm-hmm. uh i had to make a choice what can i do mm-hmm. you know for the community and this was not the us community mm-hmm. this for the world community right. mm-hmm. because everybody was affected mm-hmm. so i opened up doors and i offered free storytelling services wow and i gave about half a million dollar worth that i would have made mm-hmm. worth of stories um mm-hmm. even to date If somebody has a story and they can't afford it, they can reach out to support desk and they can send a story mm-hmm. and we will publish it mm-hmm. for them we will charge them. So that's what we do, still do. We don't advertise it uh, as uh, much as we do, but mm-hmm. we do offer help. Uh, we work with non-profits, we mm-hmm. give them also. So that's the best way to find us and uh, 
at the end of the day, it's really a moonshot. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help any business owner mm-hmm. that wants to do this. Um, mm-hmm. It's a there is a quotation from um, a famous book, uh, and that quotation says, "If your mind can believe, mm-hmm. you can achieve." Mm-hmm. Okay, if your mind can believe, you can achieve. So I use that philosophy all the time, uh, and then we just have it's from uh, Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. "Think and Grow Rich." That's mm-hmm. my favorite book. I love so it. That's, that's really, really what we do and help everyone that we can. So much fun. I love it. And and such a wonderful service that, that you provide. Well, you know, as as I said, we, we need to wrap up. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I just want to tell everyone that's in the business of uh, running a business that the biggest challenge for a small business owner is how to get the message out. You know, you're a plumber, you're an electrician, your business is low. What to do to get it out? And the best way to get it out is do it at least once and do it more often. Uh, I am a believer that if you don't do it, nothing will happen. Okay. Uh, 10 years ago, I wanted to get into fitness. And I went to the gym and I could not do one pull-up. Okay. And I read a book about um, uh, uh, the famous Arnold, you know, and I read a book about that. And he says, if you can't do 20 pull-ups, do one pull-up. If you can't do one, do an assistant half pull-up. So I started believing in that. Now I can do 20 pull-ups. So it's kind of like, at least do one, then do one and a half, then do two. But don't give up. Okay. And always believe that God created us with a promise that if you remember me, I will remember you. Okay. That is my big thing. You know, I may not be as religious as everybody else was, but if you remember me, I will remember you. So you do need to somehow appreciate God in some way or shape or form. People forget that. You know, they complain to God. They don't do anything, but yet they say, hey, God didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, you're not giving back, you know, to God. So those are the two key takeaways. I love it. Well, I have been having such a wonderful discussion with Kamar Zaman of KISS PR. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.